Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, an independent investigator and broadcaster weighs in on a possible coronavirus pandemic. A patient was tested five times. Four times with the normal test, he tested negative. The fifth test was with a CT scan, and he was tested positive. So they missed it. So the, the accuracy of this is very, very haphazard. You know, it, it's my, you might as well just you know, get some type of amulet or something like that and see where it spins in the dark. If you want to support my work here at Strange Planet, please consider becoming an official donor. It's easy. Just go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several donation tiers to choose from, from a dollar per month to $50 a month. New donors at the 10, 20, and $50 per month tier receive a free mug from my Strange Planet shop. Donors in the $20 tier also have their names appear on a crawl during the YouTube live stream of my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show. And donors in the $50 tier receive a special on-air thank you on my radio program. Whatever you give, your support helps keep my radio program and this podcast going. Help me pursue the truth wherever it leads. Patreon.com forward slash Strange Planet. Thank you and God bless. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. George Freund is here, a regular guest host on the Power Hour radio program. George will explain why he believes COVID-19, as it's now called, the coronavirus, is likely a bioweapon. Just a heads up, March is just a few days away, and the March edition of my free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum, will be out soon. So you'll want to make sure you've registered at strangeplanet.ca. It's very easy and quick. And then you'll start receiving Inner Sanctum every month delivered right to your email inbox. And you'll automatically be entered into the monthly draw for free Strange Planet merchandise. T-shirts and hoodies and phone cases and socks and tote bags and more. Also, I just received word from Coast to Coast AM that I'll be hosting Saturday, March the 7th and Sunday, March the 8th. And I've also posted those dates on the events and appearances page at strangeplanet.ca. And you can go to coasttocoastam.com and go to media and then click local stations to find an affiliate near you that carries Coast to Coast AM. The world has been in a state of shock ever since the coronavirus outbreak happened. With nearly 85,000 cases and 2,900 deaths, the COVID-19 outbreak has caused global panic. Despite the city of Wuhan, which happens to be the epicenter of the outbreak, quarantined and flights to China suspended, the virus has crossed international borders. Is it possible COVID-19 is not natural but man-made? Could it have been weaponized in a lab? 
and then either deliberately or accidentally leaked into the general population. Here to discuss is a fiercely independent researcher, investigator, and award-winning blogger, and you can read his dispatches at conspiracy-cafe.com. He's also a regular guest on the popular Power Hour radio show. George Freund, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Oh, very well, Richard. Always got to feel good when we're taking the battle to the extent that we take it to and liberate the world. Coronavirus, depending on who you talk to, it's either the apocalypse or it's a lot of hype like SARS and Ebola and swine flu. Where do you sit with this whole coronavirus? Are you in a panic or do you think it's a lot of hyperbole? Oh, I'm never in a panic about things. And uh, I, I always pray, put out to, to, uh, to God, you know, what's the answer to our problems and where do they come from? And it doesn't take too long before someone or somehow things come before your eyes. From the very beginning, coronavirus SARS was a biological weapon. And there's a great book I wanted to interview the author of. Unfortunately, he passed away. I got some bad luck with that. But it was all about the U.S. biological warfare program in the Korean War, which there was one. And their germ was called ARS, Artificial Respiratory Syndrome. And then it's been perfected over the years. Uh, the author was a York University professor. He was in his 90s, so it's, you know, not uncommon that you could pass away. And a terrible shame. A great book. I loved it. And now we get into severe acute respiratory syndrome being a modification, the SARS coronavirus being another uh, lab-induced modification where they inserted an HIV element to probably make it far more spreadable. I don't think the Chinese released it on purpose, but we'll never know because China is the ultimate in police states, the ultimate in information control. We just can't find out. The chilling thing is from our side of the coin, there is much you know, information that has come out in books, in meetings, about something like this coming down the pipes. And that has to concern us, like Dean Kuntz, The Eyes of Darkness. He talks about the Wuhan 400 virus. This is uh, in his the, book that came out, what, 30, almost 40 years ago. Yes, 1981. And of course, it's a novel, novel corona. And uh, that, that is a chilling predictive programming prophecy, to say the least. Because in the book, it says, in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it has arrived and attack again 10 years later and then disappear completely. So this chap seems to be right on the money. I, now, I, I like Dean Kuntz. In fact, uh, I've read several of his books, and, and uh, I use a, a term, I believe he coined it, uh, and I use it when I introduce my radio program. I say, welcome to the audio imaginarium. That's a, that's a Dean Kuntz audio imaginarium. So I don't, I mean, I don't know how much you know about Dean Kuntz. I don't know a lot about him. I don't think he's... Uh, you know, I don't think he's uh, deep state or or intelligence or anything. One never knows. But what do you make of that little bit of predictive programming to predict the uh, this virus? And and he even mentions the region in China, I believe, in this book forty years ago. Where does that come from? Well, because you can get into things that go bump in the night. We 
can have an explanation for that. Some of the theories of existence are that we're a computer simulation, a hologram, and if we are, we may have an ability to write the programming, whether we do it with knowledge or accidentally, by changing the script or the context of reality with our words, we may be able to actually jig things and make them come and go. We may see that in, uh, you know, some of these things where books change over the years and the Mandela effect type of scenario where something comes along and then people remember things differently than other people for some strange reason. And it's like something has changed. The words seem to change in things we've learned. And have we done something with this ability or power? Is that the whole concept behind the control of free speech, is to prevent us from actually making a reality and taking it away from the so-called man behind the curtain? And that gives us tremendous power if we can do that. Uh, you know, that may be one of the facets of this. Another, you know, very bizarre thing is there was a meeting in 2005 in England, in the city of London, and a military officer came out and spilled the beans as a whistleblower about the fact that they were developing a biological weapon. And this weapon, they talk about it in the term of China will catch a cold that they were going to release some sort of biological agent that would cause a disease that would make China feel that they have been attacked. And that would cause them to counterattack or form some sort of strategy to do something against the West. They were hoping it would go as far as a limited nuclear exchange. And the two countries they picked to do this were China and Iran. And that when they retaliated, we would retaliate and then in the panic and the fear, they would involve and invoke the total police state where we would lose all our liberties, all our freedoms, and see you know, Bush's 9-11 world on steroids come true. And they are diabolical enough to try to do something like that. Even in our own Cold War era, Dulles was more than prepared to be a first strike uh, volunteer to attack Russia, even anticipating 40-something million American dead and then counterattacking and destroying Russia. That's why Kennedy called them the madmen, because they are madmen. And I don't think that we still are not under the auspices of madmen here and there in the world. So part of what this is called is called the Anglo-Saxon mission, according to this person. And the Anglo-Saxon mission was to release a race-sensitive biological weapon that would wipe out large segments of races that they didn't appreciate much, and one of them would be the Chinese. And uh, considering we just had the Munich Security Conference in Munich, where they discussed the end of the Western world, the Munich Security Report 2020, subtitle is West Less Ness. And you see the Statue of Liberty arm with the torch, crossed arms with a protester in the street, causing total chaos with a flare, and people rioting in the background and like a dissolving city structure coming apart where the West is completely destroyed. All our leaders were preparing for this. So Nancy Pelosi is making you know, these giant strides in the impeachment. She was front row center at this meeting in Munich. 
Comrade Trudeau was there after his visit with African dictators to partake in this destruction. And uh, we have to really ask ourselves what kind of leaders we have. This was the primary discussion at Davos and now continued there. The end of of Western civilization. The end of Western civilization. How are you going to do that? (laughs) I don't think it's going to fall apart uh, just because you say so or will it. But if if you get everybody scared with some type of bioweapon, that you don't seem to have any defense over. And there is a defense. That's something that's very, very important that people know. The Lancet published in 2003 when SARS was going around what the, the defense is, and it worked very, very well. It wasn't put through protocol studies, but the initial studies were, you know, just eradication of the SARS coronavirus. And it's a very nice cure. Licorice root. Licorice root. Hmm. So the acid glycerhizin, if I'm pronouncing that right, in licorice root, kills this virus. And, uh, you know, but it has to be pure, can't be like candy store stuff that's just loaded with sugar and maybe have some flavoring in it. And, uh, you, you know, that's the thing to take your kids to the candy store over, like a real candy store, and uh, start to chew on some of this stuff, because uh, that will protect you. Maybe that's the reason why it disappears, is they know the cure. I was talking to a lady who worked at the Ministry of Health here in Ontario, and they were looking over this Lancet article from 2003, and it was right on the front page of everything they were doing. She didn't elaborate too much more because she knows she's walking on thin ice when she talks to me because I'm a reporter. But uh, I was just making jokes about uh, the licorice, and you know, she just looked at me and said, yeah, how did you know we were working on that? Hmm. Let's just um, remind people what we do know so far, and you know these aren't exact numbers, but uh, we have, I believe, in in mainland China about seventy thousand infections. Is that about is that about right? Uh, yes. We have uh, two thousand approximately two thousand uh, deaths. We have now the first. Uh, we have a death in South Korea that was reported. I think today we have. Two deaths in Iran. In Iran, we have the f- the first deaths now in Japan, and those those two uh, Japanese citizens were passengers on the uh, the Diamond Princess cruise, which was moored off the coast of Japan. And uh, there were a number of um, uh, Britons also on board there, and some and some uh, North Americans, some Canadians as well. Um, the, the fact that we we now have deaths in in other places. There was one much earlier in the Philippines, uh, but but now we have Iran, we have Japan, we have South Korea. Uh, is this the beginning of something bigger? Uh, the, you know, the, the, there was a, an epidemiologist in Hong Kong recently who was quoted as saying, "If this is not contained quickly, we could be a, we could see a sixty percent infection rate." And that's global, 60%. What are your thoughts? I believe this is a biological weapon or something man-made that was to be very, very nasty. I do believe the Chinese lie, all governments lie, but I think the Chinese government lies even better than many of the other ones. And all their statistics are pretty much Tommy rut. One of the big reasons are, just like when they lie about how many jobs are created or the economy or the value of a dollar or something, is they jig all the books. So what the Chinese government did is they didn't send test kits to a lot of the hospitals. So if you couldn't test it, then you couldn't say what it was. And then one day they said, okay, we replaced the mayor, or they brought in the former mayor from Shanghai to put him in Wuhan, and all of a sudden there was a big news thing that everything doubled overnight. 
the reported cases. So they let the doctors just say what they diagnosed and what they were basing their diagnosis on, even though that wasn't on my morning news here in Canada, was CT scans. And there were cases where people have been tested multiple times, and one that I was reading about prepping for power hour was a patient was tested five times. Four times with the normal test, he tested negative. The fifth test was with a CT scan, and he was tested positive. So they missed it. So the, the accuracy of this is very, very haphazard. You, know, it's, it's my, you might as well just you know, get some type of amulet or something like that and see where it spins in the dark because this is not, not credible at all. And I look at it, how do you tell what's going on? Sometimes you tell what's going on not by what they tell you, not by many, many things. You see how they react to what is the crisis. And when you look at the level of reaction from the Chinese government, about how they're you know just closing off, I think it was up to 400 million people in yes. a region of China. Yes, they've quarantined that 400 tells, million. No one is showing up f- to work. Their, the econ- their, in, their economy's in a tailspin. Exactly. So I look at that as that is the level and severity of the disease. But if it was race-specific, well, then if the cat gets out of the box, it's not going to be too dangerous for many of the other races yet. But this is, in my opinion, you know, these types of agents. It's, there's only one reason why you would make these level four research facilities is you're working on biological weapons. And, uh, you know, the whole concept of that is repugnant. And one of the focal points where this all started was here at our laboratory in Winnipeg. So two Chinese agents were working in there. And then you have to ask yourself, who is going to let communist Chinese foreign agents have access to a level four bio lab where they took samples. They were under investigation for four months. They had access to an American lab with the U.S. Threat Reduction Agency. This is very serious stuff. Now, I'm probably terrible at pronouncing their, their names, but Dr. Jiang Qiu and Dr. Keding Cheng were both biologists at that place under four-month investigation, and they got away with samples, and they went to Wuhan with them. Well, now, the, the, just to give the other side, the RCMP, and people can believe it or not believe it, and I'll get you to respond, but the RCMP said that that story was really conflating two separate stories. One was not related to the other. They said, yes, they were under an investigation, and they had their security clearances revoked, but it had nothing to do uh, with the coronavirus or, or taking anything from the lab back to, to Wuhan, and then somehow that got wrapped up in the coronavirus story. He says, but they were, but the RCMP, anyway, for the, officially they're saying, no, those are unrelated incidents, but obviously you don't believe that. I don't believe anything anyone tells me in authority, because primarily they're all agents of this coming world antichrist system, you know, uh, I trust the RCMP very, very little. I've seen many of the things they do. You know, I've done some very deep interviews with people about what happened in British Columbia at the pig farm and things like that that were under the auspices of the RCMP and how many charges weren't laid so they could cover up evidence so that it would never come to public light to protect powerful people who are probably serving in that uh, funny building in the uh, Ottawa Kremlin. And th- this is just absolutely scandalous. They're, they're not a, an independent, godly force to investigate all crimes and everything. They're just a puppet of 
our political politburo. Okay, and so if this, so far. if they, if these uh, Chinese nationals took this virus from this level bio level four lab in uh, Manitoba, they took it back to uh, Wuhan uh, and weaponized it. Is that the idea? That could very well be the truth. We don't know what happened there. We would just have to wonder whether they took that specific virus or even a roll of toilet paper. You know, what were people who were Chinese government agents doing in one of the most secure and important places in all of Canada and the Western world to have access to technology? Even if you didn't take the specific germ itself, you would have the knowledge to recreate it at your own lab because you're doctors and you're specialists in this affair. And this isn't the first time something leaked out. There was another chap arrested at the border trying to take things into the States a few years back. And this is just When you say a chap taking people. things, you mean a, a Chinese national taking some sort of I don't of remember a... if he was Chinese or not, but he was an employee of the lab, and he was fleeing with things he took from the lab, and he was stopped at the border and arrested and taken into custody by American authorities when he tried to cross the border. Okay. I remember doing that story a few years ago. So this isn't the first time somebody left the door open. And when you're, you're dealing with some of the most powerful biological agents known to mankind that could just decimate us as, as species. This is not something you handle like, you, you know, I would give you the morning newspaper or something like that. Admittedly, that's all you work with, but this has to be completely and totally secure with absolutely no possibility of escape or having it dealt with. Uh, there is a site I sent you today, too, about uh, someone who was claiming to be a Chinese intelligence agent. Oh, yes. This is a, a, a blog that's uh, written by Robert Morningstar, who is should be familiar to coast-to-coast uh, -coast AM listeners. He's a frequent guest. It's called ufospotlight.wordpress.com, and people can go see it. And he's edited um, what seems to be a, a confession by a former Chinese intelligence officer who's sort of blowing the whistle on his own government. So if, if you want to sort of pick it up from there and explain what this former or current Chinese intelligence whistleblower is saying. Well, primarily he's saying that this was something they devised to use as a weapon against people in Hong Kong to end the protests, which are very important to the Chinese government because that could be the regime change start that a CIA operation could pull on you and that these agents were tested on political prisoners and the, other people. Yeah, the Muslims in the internment camps. Of, Muslims in the, the internment camps. Think, yeah. He was even saying people that speak multiple languages, people who are intelligent. And they had overwhelming effects on people. It was just way more powerful than they expected, where you would get, uh, your body would just start to melt, it describes in the article. You'd bleed from the, the eyes, the ears, and you would be in terrible pain. And this agent says one of the victims that he was supervising was in such pain he felt sorry for her and actually shot her to put her out of her misery because nothing works to kill the pain. And uh, he was reprimanded by the government and authorities that controlled him, and he apologized and everything seemed to be okay. But they base a lot of uh, you know who they abuse based on the social credit system, and particularly activists, human rights lawyers, Christians, homosexuals, artists, intellectuals, and other undesirables. So this wouldn't be a big stretch because 
they've done things like this in the Western world. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest that this isn't done in the Chinese world as well, even today, because we do it today. And it is just shocking, really. But he said that one of their people was going to uh, deliver it to the CIA. They, they requested something, a sample, and they were declined by the Chinese government. So this chap was going to bring a copy to transfer. He brought it to this market where they say the bats infected people and such. There was a shootout. People were killed. It's all covered up. And the vial that he had dropped. And whatever was in it was released at that market and spreading. It was made to be highly contagious that it could be airborne. And uh, if that is, in fact, true, that is a very, very, very dangerous component, and it shows very clearly why the Chinese are reacting as hard as they are, because this could just wipe them out. More of my conversation with George Freund when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. I want to welcome a brand new sponsor to Conspiracy Unlimited, and I couldn't be more proud to be associated with the good people at Hero Soap. It's owned by veterans, and their products are outstanding. Their soaps contain no chemicals, dyes, or fragrances, and they come in these really cool resealable packages. So you can take your soap with you on the road instead of using those gross hotel soaps, or take it camping. I'm using the Peppermint Cool Soap, and the moment I started lathering up, I felt a cool, refreshing, and tingly wave wash over me. I felt more clean, more refreshed, more alive. And not only does my body feel refreshed, I feel good on the inside, knowing that the Hero Soap Company supports veterans. Sign up for the hassle-free monthly auto ship, and you'll never run out of quality natural soap again, and you'll save 10%. Plus, for every soap purchased through the subscription, one soap is sent to deploy troops around the world for free. If you want to get clean and feel refreshed and support veterans all at the same time, check out Hero Soap at HeroSoapCompany.com. HeroSoapCompany.com. Look for the banner ad at strangeplanet.ca slash conspiracy show and in the episode notes for this podcast. Hero Soap. Let freedom clean. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. George Freund from The Power Hour is here discussing the coronavirus pandemic. You mentioned the airborne component of it, which is very worrisome. And that cruise ship, the Princess Diamond, that was moored off of Japan, two Japanese nationals have just passed away. But that was an interesting little test tube for them because they really tried to contain it on there. They tried to see if they could contain it. People were quarantined to their little estate rooms, which are, what, 200 square feet, and still they could not contain it, which tends to suggest, what, it was going through the ventilation system or something. Yes, that would probably be the primary way that you would get it if you were locked up or kept concealed from other people is that it was spreading through the air. And uh, 
this I, I even wrote the executives at Princess and told them about the uh, the licorice route. Didn't get a reply, and maybe they didn't buy any. But uh, you know, it's like Forrest Gump said, "Stupid is as stupid does." But uh, if if there is any element in this uh, Lancet article, it's not a big expense <laughs> compared to tying up your ship. And who's ever going to go on it again? Right. Uh, let's be perfect. If somebody goes, Richard, I got a free cruise for you. Where? Oh, well, what am I going to be on? That's <laughs> hardly likely. That you know, even the thing is completely decontaminated for a few years. Everyone's going to be very questionable about uh, ever going on that ship again for any reason, because this thing seems to be able to lie dormant and then come and get you. Doctor Sherry Rogers says it's mutated several times. I think up to fourteen, and uh, that that's a worrisome. Thing too that it can actually come back as a new format so even if you've had it then it's slightly different it comes back you get it again and it seems to go directly for the heart to attack the heart and it likes to kill older people over younger people for some reason so that sounds like there's an intelligent design behind this bug and that's why i'm very big on you know you have the appropriate armor to have because i've never even though i've shared this widely i've never heard a lot of other media sources talk about this licorice root like it's not going to hurt you and it's good for urinary infections primarily so you know get some have it handy you know take it as a preventative you can't take too much too often because uh, it can raise your blood pressure so that's something to uh, to be concerned about it'll be but, it'll be very interesting to see how quickly they come out with a vaccine someone i was speaking to the other day suggested if if a vaccine comes out within six months as opposed to 18 months if they comes out within if they come out with a vaccine within six months that's a pretty good indicator that this thing was engineered what do you think oh definitely definitely there are certain aspects of the coronavirus that have been patented already this has been like the brainchild of evil for a long time since the korean war and modifying it changing it improving it and primarily to make it strong enough to resist the natural defenses in the body or things people may use in the drug inventory or the herbal medicine inventory to try to get around it so that it's foolproof. And uh, this is one of their brainchilds. It really is. And, uh, you know, I still believe in fervent prayer and, you know, using some of the things that come out of, uh, uh, you know, mother's cupboard as opposed to some toxic lab. I would be very, very concerned about taking any type of vaccine for this in case they do, like many other accidents they've had, is give you some sort of live virus that actually spreads the disease and doesn't prevent it or cure it. So, uh, you know, uh, the whole concept of, of pharmacology and the way they're doing things is just absolutely repugnant. Like, it's not uncommon to find things about Mr. Gates and some of the vaccines having all sorts of things in there you don't expect. My big answer for vaccines is you don't take candy from strangers. You're not a virologist. You have no idea what's in these things, you know, even outside of the mercury and some of the other things they put in there that are toxic, uh, of what some of the deep biological agents could be and what they could do to your body over time. And I'm, I'm very reluctant to, uh, to put anything in my body that I don't know what it is. And there's many things we have to choose from, genetically modified foods or well, over and over the poisons they spray on the fields. All this stuff comes into us. It's like there's a death cult trying to incubate various diseases, including cancer, to get us off the rock. How many, how many, I mean, what are you hearing uh, about 
actual numbers of cases in, in China. As you say, if they are reacting with a quarantine of 400 million people, the numbers must be far higher. So instead of 2,000 deaths and, and 70,000 infection cases, what are you hearing? Well, by and large, we can only speculate, but I would uh, lean to the fact that they're probably tenfold greater than they tell us, and it may be even greater than that. So one of my colleagues, you've had him on your show too before, Scott Bennett had some contacts in China, and they just said it was just a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So he, sh he shared their emails with me, and uh, that the Chinese government is just lying hand over foot. And basically, you just become the disappeared. When you die of this, they can give any cause that you could have died of anything else, but you're just removed. That's what these new hospitals were that they built. They're not exactly hospitals. They were, you know, deaf places. There's bars on the windows, so you can't escape. So they take you in there to die, and then you're just removed. Your body's cremated right away, and then you'll be common Orwellian non-person because you were never here in the first place. There is a uh, there was a video uh, I think it was shared on Twitter of uh, a little boy looking out an apartment window, and he's looking down onto the street and he's saying something like, you know, mommy, mommy, look at all the bodies in that van. They were piling bodies into a van, almost like that horrible scene. Well, Monty Python, you know, bring out your dead. It's not a this is not funny. I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke, but this is, it, it was reminiscent of that. They were, you know, bring out your dead, piling them into the van. If you'd want to get close to them. And, uh, you know, so I, that's where I believe in its focal point at ground zero in China is they are in a hell storm. They really are. And when you look at the fact that you have to imprison yourself in your home, wherever you are, and this is a good example to people as a precaution to be prepared to make sure you have a lot of things in your home where you could last three weeks, four weeks, uh, you know, without having to go outside. You've got everything you need, just in case it ever comes to our neighborhood. Because I can guarantee you probably a lot of people were never prepared for anything like this. And uh, if you don't have it, you're not going to be able to go out and get it, and you probably wouldn't want to go out and touch anything from that anyone handled. You want things that were packaged a long time ago that you know are clean and safe and edible and that you're not going to get a disease for it. And that's not something to, uh, to take lightly. One of the other big things, uh, you know, that is just a broad-based killer of germs that I'm very fond of and have found great success for it when I've had, you know, terrible flus, I call them the plagues, some of them were so bad, is inadvertently I discovered iodine is one of the best things for you because it's just like you know bathing it in gasoline, but gasoline's not good for you. But the American-style iodine, European, that's 10% provodine iodine, put that topically on your chest, on your neck, you absorb it through the skin. It really gave those germs a hell of a headache and gave my immune system time to catch up. And then there's oral iodine you can take, like nascent iodine that you can swallow and attack it from the inside. And uh, it didn't take too long before uh, you could just feel these germs, you know, just starting to succumb and weaken, and then your immune system goes in and finishes them off. And uh, so, you know, there are tools that you can have in your inventory, but by and large, no one's going to tell you, at least no one with, uh, you know, medical authority. So a friend of mine who's a nurse, like, you know, everybody's bathed in this 10% iodine after surgery and stuff. They cover your body with it so you don't get post-operative infection. And that's one of the biggest killers after surgery. So, uh, you know, there's no harm in it. 
it's not going to do much for your bed sheets. So you know, don't don't buy any expensive linen if you're going to lie in bed with with this iodine on your body. But uh, if it saves your life and gives you a good fighting chance, power to you. And plus, look up the natural antibiotics online. You know, so some of them garlic, onions, oil of oregano. oregano. Yes. Yep. Yes. And then I remember doing a show with you a long time ago. We probably didn't even shave then so long ago. But you had a doctor on, uh, and it was probably at that other station, uh, to say the least, and we were talking about the flu. And I was able to get in as a caller and mention cinnamon. As soon as I said the word cinnamon, she just went, you know, PhD course in cinnamon. What's in it? How it attacks the flu? But it has to be pure. It can't be dollar store stuff. So it's something you got to get that's pure and clean. Good thing to have in your cabinet all the time, and it's great with your hot chocolate, your pancake batter. You know, you can use it all the time or take it as a supplement. And the way she described it, I wish I had the education to understand what she was talking about. (laughs) But, uh, you know, she just laid it on the line that that is one of the best things you can have to deal with the flu. But no doctor's ever going to tell you that. No, no. Uh, Miami Herald had reported a while ago that the the, uh, the U.S. Defense Department uh, was setting up these, I think there were 11 military bases near the airports. They were setting up quarantine centers for possible coronavirus patients. Um, are we, I mean, how, how bad do you think it's going to get over here? Are we going to contain this or is it going to spread? Is it inevitable? I hope it's not inevitable. I'm hoping with the power of prayer and the knowledge of how this came to be, that it's not a surprise, it's not something that mutated in the forest or anything like that, that it was a man-made thing. The people who put it upon us know the way to get it off us. And uh, one of the articles I came across uh, as well that described that is the Secretary of Commerce saying he knows all about it and he's not concerned because they have the answer. And, uh, well, if you had the answer, well, then you must know exactly what we're dealing with. So that was Wilbur Ross, and when he was talking about jobs returning in the United States, at the end of his speech, he just said he has no concerns about the coronavirus. They have places in the United States, quite a few of them, to put people into quarantine. And part of it could be a ruse to take political prisoners into quarantine as opposed to people who are legitimately sick. And no one's going to ask any questions if you're fearful about the fact that you know, you're going to get germs or a disease. Here in Canada, you know, a long, long time ago, we used to do drills at the exhibition at night when it was closed on the dead track for the GO train because nobody would stop at that station. And the military uh, base is just around the corner there at Fort York Armories. And a friend of mine who was a military policeman, you know, told me about these drills. And he was just absolutely mortified at what they were doing rounding up people, taking them to the exhibition, to that dead train stop, and putting them on a train and sending them into internment. And the internment camp was at Meaford, Ontario, at our base up there, which is a live fire base, so nobody goes walking around there too much. In other words, these weren't drills. Well, that was just a cover. That was that, that drill was a practice to do it. And I heard it from several sources, because at that time I was very involved with a View from Space and Gary Bell. And callers called in and talked about it. One was an employee at the exhibition. He says, oh, I know all about that. I'm on the night shift when they do it. It terrifies me. I go into hiding. And then another chap was in the military, and he said, I can confirm that too. He said, my lifelong best friend is involved in this. I had him over for dinner, and I asked him about it. He never said another word to me. He picked up his family, they left, and they never came back. 
and never talked to me again ever. And that was chilling in its own right. So it was a drill. They were they were a drill preparing for the eventuality of sending for people internment. to internment camps. Of whatever for whatever reason that they would intern you, whether it was political, disease, you know, that's open to interpretation. But make no mistake that uh, there are no good guys as you look up frequently. Not at all. And uh we we just give them carte blanche to rule over us, mostly because people just can't be bothered to ever talk about things or look into things. But, uh, you know, the criminals or, or difficult people that we look down upon are simpletons. Simple crimes don't really matter a whole lot. Then there's the lateral look that they might be at your pay grade or something like that. Well, that's bad enough. But when you're looking at that, you could have executive management of the police and people in cabinet or something of that nature pulling off things that are just diabolical and getting away with it because there's no way to get past official secrets and the bodyguard of protection around the bodyguard of lies is, you know, just puts us at a very significant disadvantage. The only advantage we have, of course, are people like you, media like you, that we can get the word out and share ideas and say, this is what was seen, this is what's heard, and this goes against the dialectic. But, as we used to tease each other years ago too, at least we'll have good company in the internment camp. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so just very quickly, sort of summing up, there are a number of s- scenarios here that we've covered. One is the least likely, I'm guessing you would say, that this was just a, a fluke, a natural uh, something from a uh, some exotic creature at a market in Wuhan, a wild animal market that crossed over, jumped species, uh, and uh, that's number one. Number two, that this was a weaponized virus, uh, and then branching off from that, it's either China targeting its own people, uh, they were testing it to unleash on the Hong Kong protesters, and then it got out into the general population, or it's... It's the uh, the cabal in the West that's targeting uh, the Chinese just because they don't like the race, they don't uh, they don't like the uh, you know the Chinese government or or whatever. So of those three, what's the most likely? Is it well, we've pretty much discounted that it's a natural occurring uh, virus. Is Definitely. It, is it the West targeting the Chinese, or is it the Chinese targeting their own people, or at a certain level are the Chinese and the West sort of cooperating? I would say at the highest levels they're cooperating. And there was a great novel from Ayn Rand ages ago, Atlas Shrugged, and I talk about you know the economic engine. China's the economic engine of the planet Earth. And if you get that engine misfiring on all its cylinders, you pretty much run a good chance of destroying the global economy. And I believe that they're working very, very hard to do that. I don't think you can destroy the global economy because we've advanced so far compared to the days when economic science came about that you used a slide rule. We have advanced computers and computer algorithms that can probably outthink any diabolical plan that we have come, can come up with and turn it around and make adjustments. So we may ride the razor, but we may not go over the side. So I have a lot of confidence that we can persevere in that. But uh, I don't trust them for a minute because most of their meetings are in secret, uh, or the media will not report the meat and potatoes of these meetings, and they're just not important. And, And 
to report to people. And that's just disgusting. What's going on at Davos is definitely important. What happened to this Munich security conference is definitely important. That's far more important than the sports, the pop culture, or anything else that uh, anyone's going to talk about is you're deciding our destiny, and we're not involved. So it's the classic Orwellian animal house. They're the pigs in the big house, and we're the pigs that are being led to slaughter. And as one of those pigs, I say we fight back, we change the channel, and we learn the dynamics of this. We also share the information that we can share to protect ourselves from these monsters, just by pointing out the enemy, who they are, but also with some reasonable precautions that we can take so that we are not devastated by this. And maybe this is the dialectic where this disease disappears as people are going to start to know what some of the natural solutions are and use them, and it won't have an effect on them. And it'll have to disappear until they come up with something else to pull out of Pandora's box. George, how do we listen to you on uh, the Power Hour? Well, the best way is to go to powerhournation.com and uh, click on. There's all kinds of things there by satellite, by telephone, shortwave radio, WWCR in Tennessee. And then uh, we're on KCXL in Liberty, Missouri, and KTW in Spokane, Washington, and uh, all the podcast players everywhere, all the mobile apps. Uh, there's a million and one ways to listen to us. And uh, it's life-changing radio because it's your life. And, of course, uh, there's still conspiracy-cafe.com? Correctamundo. So, uh, you know, I try to keep everything updated on my website, on where I've gone, what I've done, and such like that. So you can be informed and have a fighting chance to save your life. Conspiracy-cafe.com. George, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Indeed, indeed. Bless you, Richard. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments with a few words on an upcoming episode. It's time to bring in Colleen Forgas, the manager of our Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. She's a nutritional therapist. Colleen, welcome once again. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. What do we have for immune support? Today, we're going to talk about Immunitone Plus. This product is from a company called Designs for Health, and it has antiviral, antibacterial abilities, and also supports the body's own natural killer cell response. So it's supporting what your body already knows to do to help when you are you know, facing a, some type of an illness or chronic condition. This is a great product. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Colleen. You're welcome, Richard. Have a great day. My pleasure. To order Immunitone Plus or any other product you've heard on this program, just visit strangeplanet.ca and click on the full script dispensary button and then register. Remember, all orders receive 10% off and orders of $50 or more ship for free. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, more on the coronavirus. A U.S. policy advisor discusses the possible economic impact of COVID-19.
uh, balance of trade will shift now, but at least between the U.S. and China, and we'll start to see U.S. companies buying less China goods. You'll probably see China buying more the U.S. goods. Now, when that happens, it weakens financially China, and with companies pulling out of China. Too, that will tend to slow down their production. Privately, some academics I speak with, with some knowledge, think China is actually in a recession. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.